Hey, I'm so glad you're joining us here on the Learning Little Lessons podcast. This is where, of course, we talk about filling up on Jesus so we can pour out to our kids. Today, we have a special episode with Sherry Seligson, and we're going to talk all about pouring into our kids when it seems like they're running behind and how it's really all in God's timing and how we can come alongside them and help them and help them grow into the people God wants them to be without making it feel like they're behind. So I think you're going to love this and I can't wait to get started. Today, I have my friend Sherry Seligson. She's going to talk about something that has really encouraged me. But before we get started, I want her to introduce herself so that you know a little bit of where she's coming from and who she is, if you haven't heard of her. So Sherry, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I just have, I'm so grateful to be here, Trudy. This is going to be fun just to chat with you. Um, we met at a, uh, a face-to-face for the first time at a homeschool convention in Ohio. Yes. Uh, and I've been working, I'm actually a homeschool mom, homeschooled our four children from kindergarten through 12th grade um, and am now on the other end of it. And so I love to encourage homeschool moms um, as they're going through this process and adventure with their kids. And I work with Apology Educational Ministries. Um, before I was a mom, I was a marine biologist and worked at Walt Disney World. So I love talking about science and seeing God's creative fingerprints in the world. Um, so I write curriculum for Apologia and do their instructional videos that go with their middle and high school courses. Awesome. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And there's so much in that. I mean, my marine biologist at Disney world sounds like awesome. (laughs) It was fun. It was quite an experience. I think um, there's some, there's some fun stories in that one. Yeah. Yeah. But um, very fun to do research there and Mm -hmm. um, be a part of showing animals to, showcasing animals to people who came to visit. So lots of fun. Nice. So, okay. As you mentioned a few years ago, we met and I went way out of my box and asked you for coffee one time. And we've been on a devotional writing team for Rachel Carmen and every article that you would submit, I was just like, wow, I need to meet this girl. (laughs) I could just really relate, you know? So I was, I went right up way out of my box and invited you for coffee. The words that you said that day just breathed so much life into me. And I've gone back to it time and time again. Um, I went into that day so discouraged, um, worried about one of my girls. She hadn't started reading yet. And I just wanted to push her. Um, I I was worried I wasn't doing enough. I was worried I messed up. You know, all those things that us moms think especially homeschool moms think, you know, we're messing it all up. We're not doing it right. Anyways, you told me a story and it's, it's just helped me so much. And I'd love to share that with my listeners. So yes, I want to hear the story again. (laughs) Well, okay. So this specifically had to do with one of my sons. I could relate exactly as you were sharing me with me, what you were experiencing, because I had gone through that um, with one of my sons who, was just a very slow developer. I mean, he was late to speak. You know, he was, he was our third. He was, he was, um, you know, the other kids spoke for him. He played with them. He, you know, he was developing physically fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't notice any, you know, um, learning issues with him that, that, you know, were different other than the fact that he wasn't getting things. He wasn't, you know, his fine motor skills weren't, were, were slow. 
his reading, he, it took him forever to read. And um, we just kept push, you know, pushing forward and, and, you know, plotting along. And um, it just got so, you know, it got to where by middle school, even he, he needed me more. He, he wanted, even just if I was sitting next to him, mm-hmm. um, he felt more comforted. It was like, I felt like an educational security blanket for this child. And obviously I couldn't <laughs> just sit next to him all day long. I couldn't, you yeah, know, say, right. yep. you have four, three other kids. Yeah. Right. Right. Plus, yeah. you know, someone's got to cook the dinner and some yeah. <laughs> kinds of things. And yeah. so and they were old enough to do it yet. Although I was pushing that part too. Um, yeah. But they, so I was like, I was really frustrated. And obviously, like you said, as moms and as homeschool moms, we start to feel like we're not adequate enough. Um, you know, we, we hear what the official teachers would have done, or we hear about the kid down the street who is, you know, in second grade and scored a perfect SAT or something. And yeah. we're like, yeah, I've ruined my kids. And we just, yeah. you know, we, it's very easy to do that comparison thing, which is not, I mean, that is, that is probably one of the worst things we can do is compare mm-hmm. because one of the reasons we're homeschooling is we know that each child is very different and each child has different strengths and different developmental paths and and that's why we can tailor their education to fit them. Mm-hmm. And it's not a one size fits all. When we start comparing, we're basically saying, yes, it is a one size fits all. And so we do remind ourselves of that, that it will look different. Our kids will look different. Our, our kids' strengths will be different. And so what are they and how can we, how can we um, make their educational experience benefit them? And so um, I just, kept, I mean, really, I just kept moving forward. I kept saying, okay, what, what area is he struggling in? How can I continue to pursue this? And obviously a ton of prayer. This is yeah. not because I went through, you know, this is a, a five-step solution that everyone's <laughs> going to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's different for every kid and every family. Um, but I, I realized one thing about this, this child. He was a perfectionist. Um, he, we had gotten a curriculum for spelling that you had, you got a list of words each week, but he took a pretest on the words before he even saw them. Okay. And he fought me tooth and nail on that one. It just, I could tell it was breaking him. He's like, how can I take a test on words I'd never seen? It doesn't make sense. It just, it was, it was Mm -hmm. breaking him. I could see his heart just Mm -hmm. kind of sinking. Mm -hmm. And so I just made the executive decision. We're not going to do that part. Yeah. You know, I'm going to let him look at him in the, in the end, you know, in the result of all of this is it important that he sees what he knows already mm-hmm. uh, for him not. So we just skipped that and we went on to do something else. And so making those changes and being flexible in areas where, you know, there's truly some struggle, that's important. Mm-hmm. And then areas where, you know, there's not truly struggle, but they just aren't there yet slowing down and letting them get it. Um, and I'm just thinking, well, my, this is the kid who loved to build things. He was my Lego man, my connects mm-hmm. man. He would build things out of cardboard and he wanted to be an engineer. You know, mm-hmm. he loved building things. And I'm thinking, you know, middle school, we're still in this educational security blanket mode. And he's like, I can't do this, mom. I need your help. I don't understand. He was reading by then, but he was slow to read and slow to write. And, and his writing wasn't that great. I mean, just, it was really slow development. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm thinking to myself, this child may not be college directed. Mm-hmm. And yet to be an engineer, he has to go to college. And right. so what do you got, God, on this one? I, I don't know. And so I was doing my best to just provide as much as I could for him in the areas that he did do well in and then kind of help support those areas that were slower. And something happened around 10th grade, 10th grade. I'm talking moms were developing slow, 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 slow. 10th grade. Um, all of a sudden he just started 
developing. I mean, physically, emotionally, mentally. He's like, I got this, mom. I got this. I got this. And he would take over and take responsibility for some of his, you know, my goal in middle school is to get them to start taking responsibility of their own um, week of work. You know, here's your work, work, work for the week. Here's your assignments need to be done. I'd like you to plan when you do, you know, different ones. And you do it like one subject at a time and slowly get them to become independent because that's our goal is for them to become independent learners as they grow and, you know, grow and out of our home um, because they just need to learn how to learn for themselves and, and have a fascination mm-hmm. with, with learning. And so that was my focus, but it was hard when they're not like on board with it. Right. <laughs> so, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm just doing what I can and I'm trying not to speak negative, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking this kid may not be directed for college, but in his heart, I knew he wanted that. Yeah. And so we need to be careful with our words by rather than saying, you know, you're, you're not really college directed. You don't want to ever say that to a child yeah. unless they're asking you specifically, you think I can go to college. Then you can say, you know, this, there's nothing that says you can't go to college, but you've got to be able to, to meet specific abilities and, and, and strengths and skills. Mm-hmm. And so our goal, if that's what you want to do is let's do as much as we can to get you there. And so everything should always be geared in a, in a visionary kind of um, um, direction when we speak to them because our words are so important. Mm-hmm. And so I just held those things in my heart, those, those concerns, and just kept pushing forward with him. And I kept praying about those concerns to the Lord. I kept talking about them with my husband and talked to a couple of close friends that I could be transparent with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just kept pushing that direction of let's keep moving forward. Let's keep moving forward. Here's what I know you can do. Here's what I know you can do as well. And let's build those other skills. And in 10th grade, this transformation just happened that he grew up into those abilities so much so that by 11th grade, he was dual enrolling in college and taking at our community college. He was taking um, uh, calculus. And, you know, took freshman comp one and two. He took lots of classes, dual enrolled for 11th and 12th grade that he wanted to. I wasn't pushing him for that, but he was just doing it. Whoa. Um, And he had this vision. He wanted to build things. He wanted to do, he really liked mechanical engineering and robotics. And so he went into that. He went into college. He got his master's. He is, um, he worked for Johnson and Johnson in their optics department for um, a couple of years with that. And still fell in love with the biological part of it. So now he's in medical school and his goal is to become either an ophthalmologist or he's looking at, he's, he's in medical school in the air force. This is new since I've talked to you, but he's, he did it with the air force and he's actually hoping to maybe become a flight surgeon wow. or some that arena. And so it's just, wow. I, I, I look at this kid and I see, you know, he had big dreams. He had a big heart. He had lots of, physical ability to do things he had a vision to see things in 3d that you know you knew a mechanical engineer could do that you know his mind Mm -hmm. could see what something would look like but the academics that came behind it were just so slow to come um but that was the way that god made him Mm -hmm. that was the way that his unique developmental uh, ability was set in his body in a public or private school he would have been put in the slower moving classroom. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm confident, mm-hmm. um, you know, with students who were at similar level of himself. And that brings a label to your yeah. kids when they're in that kind of situation, sadly. Um, and then they don't feel like they can even, you know, there's, again, that's why we have to be so careful with our words in, as we're encouraging them, 
there were days where I felt like, all right, let me take off my referee mom shirt and put on my cheerleader mom shirt because this kid needed a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And so we had to, you know, we had to put those, those, uh, those hats on and be that for them to encourage them that, that God's got something great for them and we don't know what it is. So we're going to prepare them with all the possible skills so that when they know what God's got for them, they're prepared and ready to go. And so um, that's kind of the, the heart behind what we did every day, every week, every month, day in, day out, drudgery. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, handy cut it. Yeah. But thankfully I have some perspective now that I'm on the other end of it and I still have some semblance of sanity um, to look back and say, Oh man, God, I see what you did with this. I see how he built me. He built faith in me. Mm-hmm. He built endurance in me. So, um, you know, we see God's, um, God's reason for putting, bringing us through this as well. This is not just for our children, this homeschooling thing. This homeschooling thing is for us too. Mm-hmm. And he grows us as moms um, in our hearts, in our, in our faith, in our endurance, in our patience. I mean, God has created a great amount of work in me that I needed. So it, it was just, that's a long story, but. Um, you said so much stuff in that of things right in the middle of your story. Just when we compare, it says one size fits all. Each child's yeah. different. Taking everything in prayer, just patiently waiting for them to kind of grow up or grow into the people that they're supposed to be staying there and supporting them until they become that person. So many great takeaways. And Mm. I I could probably just like stop right now and not, you know, ask any more questions, but I do have some more (laughs) questions. (laughs) So, so what would you say to that person who's worried about their kid being behind? There's a lot to say. I mean, really, um, you know, when you have, when you're thinking there's some problems with this child being behind and you don't know what it is, um, it could conceivably be a processing issue. It could be a learning issue. Mm -hmm. And so we want to make sure we give them what they need if they've got a learning issue. Mm Now I'm going to say that with a caveat because we aren't experts. We don't know. And so, you know, there is a, if you feel like there's a prompting that God's prompting you to have them tested or something to see if there's something going on, Mm I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying if you feel that prompting, maybe you should be doing that. Um, I, one of my children has dysgraphia, which is um, it's a processing issue where they have a hard time writing, uh, getting the information from their brain to their hand. It's mm-hmm. a writing thing. This, the graphics, graphia, dysgraphia. Like this child was in middle school and flipping his B's and D's still. Okay. And I'm thinking this, I mean, and yet phenomenal reading comprehension, um, to, it was the writing thing that was an issue. Now, a typewriter or a keyboard, this kid could do, do, do great, but that was a process thing. And I didn't even know it was a thing. Wow. I, it just totally went over my head. I, and I look back and I'm like, oh, regret, 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 which I know I'm not supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> do this or if I just did that. Mm-hmm. And that's an entirely different episode as well because, yeah. you know, we, we only can do what we know to do with what God gives us. Yeah. And that's, that's it. We can't go back. There's no regret. There, there should no be, re- be no regrets. There may be something we've overseen and we can ask forgiveness or whatever. But when it comes to this kind of stuff that's out of our abilities to know, there's nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. And so, but if you feel like there's something with one of your children that's just not what you would expect and you feel like it would be helpful to get testing or have them tested or assessed, 
-hmm. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, But with my child with dysgraphia, we just continued to move forward. I made things, I I realized that this kid did better typing out paperwork Mm -hmm. instead of writing it. And so I looked for curriculum that didn't have a lot of writing in it Mm -hmm. or circling things and drawing lines where he could do that much more easily. Or whenever he was writing a paper, I would, I would allow um, most of them to be done on, on a keyboard and the rest of the time, you know, on occasion, handwritten, because I still wanted to build those handwriting skills. Mm-hmm. This child still has terrible handwriting today. <laughs> um, but that's okay. He learned how to navigate through it. And when he was in about 11th grade, partway through 11th grade, that's when I read something about something called dysgraphia. And I'm reading all the information. I'm like, ah, this is him. Mm-hmm. Ah, you mean I could have done something with him to improve it? And, you know, I just, I, yeah. that's when the regrets started. But God, in his wisdom, knew what this child needed. And he learned ways to navigate through it. It was a little bit harder for him, mm-hmm. but he, this is my child who is a professor at the university of Florida today wow. and doing cancer research. So not because of me, not because mm-hmm. of anything phenomenal I did, but because God did this in this child. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's, there, if, even if there's something that you missed, mm-hmm. God still got this. Mm-hmm. He's, he is in control. We have to trust that. We can't just obliviously go dancing around and saying, well, I don't care and I'm not going to spend the money or I'm not going to take the effort because um, God's got this. Yeah. <laughs> He's giving you the to do something, do something. And there may be some activities, exercises, you know, so maybe it's something visually, vision. You can have their eyes checked to see um, whether it's a reading thing or a tracking thing or, you know, astigmatism. Um, those are very viable, tangible things that, that can cause a child to, to slow down in their learning because they're not physically able to take the material in. And so if you have a child struggling, you know, and you feel like you should, they should be tested, have them tested on a couple of different things, but if not, everything's coming out fine, they just may be slower in development mm-hmm. and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. And that's okay. God's got that plan for them. And so, um, and I've seen it with lots of other kids too, not just mine. Yeah. Um, and again, rem- remembering that each one is unique. Each one is created differently. Each one will develop differently. That's why we're homeschooling. One of the reasons why um, we're homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And so we can give them the extra time they need, or we can allow them to read sitting upside down on the couch because they read better <laughs> that way. Yeah. Um, we can, you know, let them do that. If they want to do all their math on day one, Um, We can let them do that, you know, all their math for the week, Um, because we have the freedom of flexibility to let them learn at their own pace Mm -hmm. and in their own way. Um, So that's kind of in a nutshell, my encouragement for a broad audience. Yeah. Um, You know, not knowing everybody's individual situation. Right. Yeah. And then ultimately pray, just ask the Lord to give you wisdom in what to do with each child and, um, and knowing that he knows what they need. So Mm -hmm. just be patiently, ploddingly moving forward um, every day and being faithful to this, to, to the, what the Lord has for you that day. And that is successful. Mm-hmm. That is success. Yes. Um, so. That's good. So I feel like um, hearing your story and, you know, hearing, hearing how it went for you sitting beside your 10th, almost 10th grader, 9th grader, 8th grader, you know, however old it ended up being all those years I feel like when you told your story you had encouragement for us but do you have any more encouragement for that mama who's still sitting there waiting for her kids to start getting it or 
just being there, you know, like you said, your kid just needed you close in order to do it. You know, I I think my encouragement is that to know that you're doing it, you are doing it and you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I don't have to know anybody listening in on this to know that if your heart is for the good, good of your child, if you're, if you have a, you know, you want them to succeed and you're frustrated because they're not necessarily meeting the standards wherever you expect them to be. If your heart is there, mm-hmm. you are succeeding. You are doing well. Um, that's all God wants from us mm-hmm. is to be faithful and to be, um, to be there mm-hmm. and to love them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we can look at the academics and we can say, oh my goodness, what are we going to do with this child? They're not learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ruining them, but they're in a, in a, a situation with you at home that is the best situation they can be in for learning. Mm-hmm. The, the, the statistics are, are supporting that. The more and more research that's coming out on homeschooling, um, the more we are seeing that. Um, I, actually, I'm saying this because after my kids graduated, I went back to school and I got a master's in education because I wanted to learn more about this. I uh, just finished wow. it last year. And oh, wow. it just blew me away to see validation for what we were doing um, that I knew God wanted us to do. But now there's, there's so much research out there showing that the homeschooling model with a parent who loves their child more than Mm -hmm. any teacher can, who knows their child better than any teacher can know Mm -hmm. um, is the best way for a child to learn. And they may not be Einstein's and that's not what we're going for. We're going for um, children who know, who, who love the Lord, children who know that they are loved, children who are well-adjusted in their environment mm-hmm. and are excited about being them. They don't feel like they have to be anybody else but them. Um, the academics and learning will come after that and through that. And they're going to find what they love. They're going to find their thing. And you can let them take it and run with it. And so, um, and learn along with them if you don't know what they love. <laughs> One of my kids is a full-time musician. And, um, I know nothing about that. Um, and so it's totally outside of my wheelhouse and I still pray for him, but he's working full time and he's um, doing great and he loves it. And God called him to be this. And I know that. So, mm-hmm. um, it is, it is, it is the best model for education and you, you are giving them the best mm-hmm. by doing this. Mm-hmm. Be encouraged in that. Um, and it's, it's hard. Nothing worthwhile is going to be easy. It's, it's going to be hard. It's the harder road but it's the better road. I'm madly taking notes here. Nothing worthwhile <laughs> is easy. Yes. So true. Right? Think of yeah. microwave food versus yeah. homemade biscuits or something. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, so at some point we, we, I mean, there's sometimes where we need to actually encourage our kids to do more independently. How do you know, when it's, when you're pushing them too much or when, when you're being too, I don't know. I kind of feel like I get a little too lazy. Like I do too much for them. (laughs) Yeah. So how do you know that balance? You know, can you, can you speak into that? Yeah. I mean, you, like you said, you know, when you're doing too much for them and they can do it themselves. Um, I think the goal is one piece at a time. And so, Mm, and you know, when they're, when they're being lazy too, we're all, you know, (laughs) by nature lazy, you know, I'd much rather have somebody do this, you know, the work than me. Um, And yet I, you know, my, my goal is to make them become individual um, self 
reliant students or children so that when they become adults they can do this they can they can load and unload a dishwasher they can you know clean their bathrooms they can do that kind of stuff they know how to make a meal they know how to shop mm-hmm. um and they know how to do their math and, and so what we can't just push them in everything because we don't want to be constantly nagging 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 right. but what i do with my kids and what i did with them when they were younger i gave them each a thing to work on for the semester a specific thing household wise we're talking mm-hmm. now chore wise whatever mm-hmm. and so one of the kids would have have the job of um doing doing the the towel type laundry you know mm-hmm. they, they all eventually had their own responsibility for their clothes but I'd give them the extra responsibility for the semester that was their mm-hmm. thing the other one was you know two of them at a time would take turns washing dishes or setting the table or whatever and our goal at the end of the semester was to be good at it to understand it fully and so I would tell them, okay, you're doing great on this. Now let's work on, you know, forks go on the left and knives go on the right or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever it was. And um, we had to go through tons of pink underwear because they had to all learn (laughs) how to do it. So, you know, you got to get those red things out of there because they're going to bleed. And and so we learned it was, it was slow. It was frustrating, but it was, I tried to focus on one or two things academically the same way. Um, I would say, you know, I want you, here's your assignments for the week for your spelling. And so I want you to take responsibility for your spelling for this semester and, or maybe, maybe the next month and a half, however you think they can do it in Mm -hmm. small bites. Mm -hmm. And you tell me and you check off it. I'm going to check back at the end of two weeks or the end of three weeks and see where you are in this Um, or bring it. And you need to bring it to me when you need to take a test. And so Mm -hmm. my goal was to help them navigate how to become independent and, and there'd have to be consequences if they didn't complete something academically they were working on Saturday which you know for a homeschooling kid oh my goodness anything you know that was just horrible um so there there were consequences like you didn't finish this week so you got to work on Saturday I'm sorry and so that would be their responsibility the consequence and so then the next time it was their week you know they, they had their next spelling exam or whatever they knew to get it done otherwise they're working on Saturday and eventually they'd catch on like ooh, can I do three lessons in a day of course not you know, and, you know, have three days off or two days off. And so they learned that, um, that model of being independent or being self-directed. Um, it wasn't easy, but giving them those things. And when you can, you can tell when your kids are either giving you excuses or when your kids are being lazy about it. Mm -hmm. And you can say things like, I know you're capable of doing this and I want you to be able to do this, you know, give them a smaller bite. Mm -hmm. You got to do this by tomorrow morning, or you got to do this by, you know, Wednesday afternoon and I'm going to check on you. And, you know, if it's not done, there will be this consequence or that consequence. And so you can identify and you can see if they're truly frustrated with something and unable to versus they're not wanting to. Um, And then you have to start playing with the the whole, you're part of our family. Mm -hmm. We are a team. We work together. We are for each other. When you do something for this household, it benefits the whole household. When I do something, it benefits the whole household. We are in this together because we love each other. And you have to just kind of take it back to those bare bone, basic, you know, this is what we're about. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to have that identity of being part of your family. You know, my, and our, our family, we're Seligsons. Mm-hmm. And Seligsons aren't lazy. Mm-hmm. Seligsons aren't, you know, whatever it is that's a negative trait. Um, and so our goal is to build hard work ethic in our kids because we're not lazy. Or our goal is to love one another because Seligsons are loving. Mm-hmm. And so we love one another and we think of others and you, you just, you have to speak these positives um, to help remind them because and I need to hear it myself. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I'm not lazy. I have to get up. And, 
<laughs> I need to hear that. Um, because God has given us a job. God has given us a assignment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not here on this earth to just sit around and, you know, eat popcorn and watch Netflix all day long. Yeah. Although we can do that in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes. They're playing Minecraft. We're not here yeah. to just play Minecraft. That's our issue yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you can, you can allow Minecraft to be a part of one subject if you want. Mm-hmm. Let them build something they're learning about in Minecraft, mm-hmm. but just in that one subject. And then everything else has to be not Minecraft or yeah. something. <laughs> you know, my kids, love, they'd rather sit and play Legos forever. And here's another one. I had a kid who just has ADHD. We had it all. We've had it I guess. Um, and this, I mean, this child actually got diagnosed for ADHD because he needed more time on his SAT exams. And okay. so we went through that whole process. But I knew he had it since he was three and he couldn't focus. And um, great story. There was one day I'm thinking to myself, he could, I'm thinking, how can a kid sit for half an hour and build a Lego model step-by-step, step, you know, focused completely using the little booklet that comes with mm-hmm. it. And he can't sit still for a math test. Mm-hmm. And so I sat him down and I said, okay, here's a 17 step Lego model. And here is a 17 problem math test. I want you to do step one Lego, step one, or problem one math, step two Lego, problem wow. two math. Finished it in 10 <laughs> I knew he could do it. I just, he just, he wasn't, wasn't focused and I didn't know he had ADHD like diagnosed, but I knew he could stay focused on things he wasn't interested in. He was easily distracted. So you got to be creative. You got (laughs) to, and let them use the things that they love to pull into some of their things that they do in school. Mm -hmm. You know, if they love Minecraft and you're studying ancient Rome, have them build the Colosseum Mm -hmm. in Minecraft, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and then they have to tell a report about it. Mm -hmm. So they've got to do some research on it. But they get to do it with Minecraft, so yay. Yeah. You know, uh, it just adds, you know, they have been given unique interests and loves and skills. And so if they love, you know, playing outside and digging in the dirt, then let them build something out of that dirt or let them study an animal mm-hmm. um, as part of their school mm-hmm. so that they can pull in their loves that God's given them and make it part of that. My, when my music kid who loved music. He did, you know, history studies on different composers um, over history. As whatever we were do history, I'd say find out what the music was for this era mm-hmm. and find me a person. And um, that's your job for this thing we're studying this time. So, um, and he loved that part. Wow, so, that's neat. Um, but that was his thing. So, mm-hmm. let them have their thing in specific areas, you know, and and also tell them it's not always going to be fun. You know, I don't like doing my taxes every year, but I have to do them. <laughs> And, you know, I can't do those in Minecraft. (laughs) Yes, yes. They they need to realize that there are times when we just need to do the work because we are called to do that work and it's there for us. So, and that's a character trait that we need to learn. Mm -hmm. So. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I'm behind in my notes here again. (laughs) Find their thing. Let them do that. Then also realize that sometimes they just have to do the gross stuff. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I love that. We are about out of time. How can people find you? Um, Connect with you. Well, I'm on social media. Um, I have um, a Facebook page, Sherry Seligson. Okay. Uh, it's Sherry Seligson author, I believe. Um, and then I have a website um, that I blog occasionally. Uh, again, SherrySeligson.com. It's Sherry, S H E R R I. Um, and you'll, I don't know if you'll have that information on oh, here somewhere, yeah, how to spell my name. Cause both first and last name are hard to spell. Yeah. I also have a YouTube channel that I started at the beginning of this, um, um, quarantine because when we were first quarantined and everybody was stuck at home, 
I just thought it would be fun to do a daily science slash educational mm-hmm. um, little 15, 20 minute thing. And so I have a, um, there's a section where I've, I've got all those videos. I did 30 days awesome. straight of fun science activities. And then I'm just occasionally throwing on once a week um, a video about something fun, interesting about some science. Because um, oh. I love talking about science. Yeah. So um, that's on my my name too, Sherry Seligson. So you can see me on YouTube as well. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm out there and love to chat, love to talk to anybody and answer any kind of questions or just encourage. Yeah. When you find uh, weird things at the beach, you message yeah. Sherry and she'll tell you what they that's are. <laughs> True well, story. <laughs> uh, and there's some weird stuff out there too. Yeah, there is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Okay, excellent. Do you have anything um, closing you want to want to leave us with? Yeah, I, I would just encourage everybody to just know that you are doing um, you are doing an amazing thing, um, do, raising your children and 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 teaching them about God's word and God's world, and that is the ultimate um, job. Um, I consider my you know my position for marine biologist to mom is being a promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was the best and is the best um, activity that I've ever done. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So, and granted, I'm sleeping through the night now because my kids are grown. Yeah. And you will too. <laughs> <laughs> Someday we will sleep you through will. the night. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So um, yeah, you are doing the best uh, calling. What an honor to have this calling of being a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep doing it. You're doing great. This episode has been produced in collaboration with Jersey Limited Media. The theme music is by Scott Holmes and has been adapted for use herein under Creative Commons license. If you haven't already, go subscribe to the Learning Little Lessons podcast so that you get updates weekly. Or visit my website at learninglittlelessons.com for freebies, newsletters, and encouraging blog posts.